Out of the mound, out of the bullpen, that is, onto the mound. It's hour number two of Sports Talk, another crisp and sunny fall day. Hope you're enjoying it. We're so glad we can be a part of it. He is Evan Kahn, I'm Scott Patey, and we're riding with you till 6 o'clock and gearing up for a big weekend of sports activity. Been a lot of baseball today already on Thursday. It's usually a, a getaway day. Cubs doing their part to shake up the wild card race a little bit. They beat the Phillies to nothing. A normal starter also gets a save, Keegan Thompson. Nice day for the Cubs. Nice sliding catch by Ian Happ as well. And uh, the Cubs having a nice September. It may just, uh, if, if nothing else, will give you nice vibes if you're a Cubs fan going into the winter. On the flip side, the Cardinals are going to the postseason, but, um, you know, if they don't do well, then you got to kind of sit with that all all winter, <laughs> don't you? So sometimes, sometimes in a weird way, it's okay to be in this position. And uh, the Sox are winners as well over Minnesota and now what is essentially meaningless baseball for both of those clubs. So there you go. All day games for the teams of interest around here as we also look towards football this weekend. How you doing, Evan? I'm doing good. I guess I totally missed. No, no. I, I didn't think. Never mind. Um, yeah, you know, baseball baseball is going well. Nobody told the Cubs players that they weren't supposed to win these games. Best team in baseball over the last three weeks. So you you love to see that. And guys are, are getting healthy. Looks like everybody except for Justin Steele is going to make it back before the end of the year. Say a Suzuki was in the lineup today. Christopher Morell hit a bomb last night. And we've seen Nico and Willie get back into the lineup here this week as well. So playing spoiler, I mean, it's almost as fun as getting ready for playoff baseball. It is disappointing that yeah. these games do they they don't really mean anything like you said other than momentum within the clubhouse and maybe the front office that they need to to go and spend to add to this Cubs team but uh you you like what you're seeing from them the Cardinals did kind of what I I thought that they would do last night and they played the the quadruple a team uh Paul Goldschmidt still got the had to bat but he only DH'd and they let all the the young guys play so they're set up although I, I thought I saw this morning that Wainwright's dealing with a little bit of dead arm, which this is not the time to be dealing with dead arm as we head into the the final weekend of the season and week from today, if I remember right, maybe a week from tomorrow, the playoffs start, whatever the seventh of October is. That is a Saturday. That nope, is that is next a Friday. Friday. So that's a Friday. So we've got eight days uh, to to get everybody lined up and in order for that. And that's something that Matt Stevens and I were were chatting about. I think that was off the air yesterday. How does that playoff rotation line up? And if Adam Wainwright's feeling up to it, you would think he's game one starter. But now that you you hear he might be dealing with some arm troubles. Maybe he doesn't go at all. Maybe he's game two, game three. So that, that'll be something to monitor over the last week. Bob Osmussen's going to join us. It's not a Friday. It is a Thursday. But Bob will be in transit tomorrow to Madison. So uh, he will join us for his World According to Bob segment coming up. Brett Bielma talked with us today for the final time before you'll hear him in pregame on Saturday against Wisconsin. And he was asked if uh, past lessons from his time at Wisconsin inform uh, the opportunity he has here with his team to get a road win. Specifically, when I uh, talk about this game this year, where we're at right now, of course I look back at last year's. I really didn't look at any other game between the two of us at that point, right? Like, I remember having a lot of great games with Coach Zook, um, uh, you know, that uh, 
um, games that were you know decided uh, up there in Madison and also down here. Um, I did point out to our guys we have won there since 2002, right? So uh, to go there and win it hasn't been easy for for the University of Illinois, and I know that that uh, in in life there's not like I always tell this to our players, right, wrong, or indifferent, right. I probably stand in front of the room and know two things. I'm one of the older guys in the room. I also probably have the most amount of money, right? And I'm not trying to do that to prove anything to them other than I can't buy what this opportunity is, right? I can't, I can't buy tomorrow. I can't buy yesterday. I can't buy next week. I can't buy the opportunity to not take a team into Camp Randall that hasn't won in 2002. This is a unique opportunity you've been given. What do you want to do with it? Um, and I, I think our guys really buy into that. It is a big opportunity. And... Coach Nick Quartaro gave Lauren Tate a little bit of hope in the way he broke down Illinois-Wisconsin going into this one and that he doesn't think necessarily that Wisconsin has uh, just plugged and replaced when it comes to their defense and and Illinois could uh, maybe move the ball a little bit and put up some points that they'll need. I don't think he's saying, and I certainly wouldn't look at this as going to be some sort of shootout, mind you, <laughs> but... Um, it, it just it had a little bit of a different look to it. Wisconsin, of course, is still favored. Yeah, Lauren asked, how is Illinois going to score against Wisconsin? I asked Lauren, how is Wisconsin going to score against Illinois? I mean, they've got the fifth-best defense. Aunt Heron this week says the second-best defense in the Big Ten. Uh, so uh, Wisconsin's got to score, too. It's not just Illinois scoring the ball. And if you, you look at the numbers, you, you take out uh, Braden Allen's 100-yard run, and he's, he, he's, a, he's a Big Ten running back. He, he's nothing special. And nobody has been able to run against Illinois. Nothing and, special compared to other Big Ten running correct. backs. Correct. Right? Yeah, he's yeah. a Big Ten running back. You know, they're, they're going to carry the ball 20 times. They're going to put up 100 yards. And they're just going to beat you down in the trenches. And hopefully you can get enough in the passing game. But Graham Mertz has had one good game and that was against Illinois back in 2020 that's it I mean if you watched him uh, against Ohio State last week he looked average they're extremely average as far as the, the offense goes Washington State went into Camp Randall and beat Wisconsin so why the heck can't Illinois do it and don't forget in 2019 Illinois beat a team that they were vastly undermatched. They had they had an NFL MVP at running back. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And I don't see an NFL running an MVP on that Wisconsin roster tomorrow or on Saturday. Yeah, but so it's gettable. It's gettable. I it, and I think it would be a very significant win just to a to do something on the road uh and and, and start off this stretch of Big 10 West games. There's four of them consecutively on the schedule. And three of them in a span of three Saturdays, which is, what, 15 days or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, it, this is a huge opportunity to lay out here and say this is who we are right now as Illinois football in year two under Brett Bielma with the players that we have. And uh, they would like to make a statement that says, we're right there with the rest of you all in this race. It, it's very small sample size, but the two biggest wins of Brett Bielma's tenure at Illinois – have come on the road and one of them was arguably in the biggest stadium in college football and with Penn State there last year in that that mega overtime game so I don't know if there's something to that they go up to Minnesota last year nobody expects them to win they they do that they did it at Penn State Uh, it's not quite as much as uh, who is this you know spunky Illinois team this year as the line continues to drop everybody's on the Illini that I, I keep hearing because 
Wisconsin isn't that great until they until they prove that they're the Wisconsin of the past. They're just a, another Big Ten West team so far this year. And I think Minnesota Minnesota is the only team that's proven themselves. I think, and and even yet, the only team they beat is Michigan State, who doesn't appear to to be anywhere near where they were last year. So the the Big Ten West, every team still has a, a lot to prove. Yeah, and somebody's got to win against the East. Besides Michigan State, like you just pointed <laughs> out, and, and, and besides uh, a, a probably a, a Rutgers, mm-hmm. so I mean, obviously Ohio State and then Michigan are, the, and then Penn State is awfully good, you know. So and Maryland's really good. Yeah, if I they if Maryland they don't have just, some costly mistakes last week, it's still a touchdown game. But I mean, they gave them the ball at the ten yard line, which started the game. I mean, that just flips everything, and Maryland was still hanging with them. They they're they're really hard to stop. I don't know how well they stop everybody. Sure. Uh, it, it, but that's kind of been what's – that's been Maryland for a mm-hmm. while now. Mm-hmm. And and that's a little bit of Mike Loxley. He's got – He's got some dudes out there in, in wide receiver. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's an East Coast kind of team. That's what they do. They're they're going to score points. They're going to score a, a whole lot of them, and you know, <laughs> hopefully, they can score more than the other team does against their defense. Um, coming up, Bob Osmondson is going to join us for the world according to Bob. Uh, tomorrow, we'll do Brian Barnhart's Illini notebook and get his thoughts on this uh, Badger Illini game. And Matt Daniels will be with us tomorrow as well. That's what we have coming up here on Sports Talk. By the way, Illini Pella Saturday Sports Talk Saturday will be at 8 a.m. It'll be a one-hour program. And then 9 o'clock, game day coverage starts with yours truly in Madison, Wisconsin. So we are looking forward to bringing you that as well. Uh, what else do we have to, to hit on here uh, in this opening segment here, Mr. Khan? I thought this was very curious, just for fun, because uh, NFL football tonight and the uh, Dolphins are playing against the Bengals up in Cincinnati. Mm -hmm. Uh, The Dolphins practiced at the University of Cincinnati, and the stadium is somewhat open, and because of that, there were college students taking video of the Dolphins' practice. The The Dolphins realized it and started putting out crazy formations to throw off the video, like putting 12 guys on the field kind of stuff to try and throw people off the set. But they've also gone to Barstool, where, of course, Barstool posted it, and said, please, we take it down? <laughs> um, and it's not authorized. It's not authorized, but they were in a... And they're in this whole thing because of the hurricane and, and all that stuff. So, uh, so, so they went early because of the hurricane. They went mm-hmm. early to Cincinnati, so they needed a place to practice. Mm-hmm. They found one in the University of Cincinnati. So here we are. The videos have been taken of the Dolphins practicing, and we'll see who wins this game now. I think still Miami. Just another example of why we can't have nice things. I mean, y'all just ruin it. <laughs> you just find a way, any possible way. You know, how can we make this bad? Let's take videos. You know, you can't just appreciate being in the stadium when an NFL team is practicing when you're not supposed to. Let's go ahead and take some videos along the way. This is why we can't have nice things. Yeah, but you would assume, though, those people there are Bengals fans that are taking these videos. Yeah. You know. Sure. So if, if Illinois goes up to Madison today and starts practicing and it's visible to Badger fans, don't you think they're going to start taking videos? Probably. Yeah. So, I mean, you could say, yeah, that's that's ruining it, but, you know, they would say, we don't care. Well, it, <laughs> but it, it just uh, it 
comes down to, you know, their biggest fear. And that's why nobody can go into practices anymore is because we can't have nice things and people take advantage of stuff. (laughs) Just so many idiots. (laughs) Okay. If you are one of those, we still are glad that you're with us today. Bob Osmussen, maybe you think he's one of them sometimes. I don't. I don't think he doesn't want to go into practice so that he can record the plays and then post them on the, the Twitter. So are you sure? At least he said as much. (laughs) We're back with Bob after this. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Catch the News Gazette's Pigskin Picks Football Contest powered by the Alana Union Bookstore. Get your official game card in the News Gazette print edition each day during the season and choose the exact final score for each team in that week's matchup. A winning official card gets a $300 prize pack made up of cold hard cash and a gift card to the Alana Union Bookstore. If no one guesses correctly, the prize rolls over to the next week. Official game cards must be turned in to play at the News Gazette office or the Alana Union Bookstore by each week's deadline. See official game card for full contest details. Illini family, this is Brett Bielema. We're on the road for a big matchup with Wisconsin this Saturday. Catch all the game day coverage starting two hours before kickoff right here on DWS. CU Trade Services offering a very unique opportunity if you would like to help out a teacher. October 5th is World Teacher Day, and in honor of that, they are giving away an HVAC system to a worthy teacher. One teacher will receive an AC unit, an HVAC unit, free installation, and a year of maintenance. The only stipulation is the teacher that you nominate live in Champaign or Iroquois County. You can go to cutradeservices.com slash donation to sign up. Eligible teachers are those that teach pre-K, elementary, junior high, and high school. You, if you are a teacher right now and you think you qualify, you could self-nominate yourself and then you uh, uh, must get installation scheduled in October. They will announce the winner on October 12th. The winning teacher will receive an AC unit, HVAC unit, free installation, and a year's worth of maintenance. One of the ways CU Trade Services is giving back to the community. Bob Osmussen here for the world according to Bob. Great to see you, sir. Thank you for adjusting your schedule to be with us here. No problem at all. What's on your mind today? What is... um, what do you, how are you sizing up, first of all, Illinois-Wisconsin? Well, I have Illinois winning the game. I'm like everybody else. I'm not thinking low-scoring slugfest. I'm going the other direction. I'm thinking high-scoring, close game. You're zagging when others are Maybe zigging. Maybe 28-24. I was thinking 31-28. I'm not mm-hmm. sure which one I'm going to go. Somewhere like that. Because, yes, both teams are playing well defensively, mostly except Wisconsin get bombed by the Buckeyes. That wasn't even close. As everybody so they, will. They, right. That is everybody will. But I do think the offenses are also pretty potentially very potent. Running games got two of the best five running backs in the country are in this game. So that's a good sign. Uh, two quarterbacks, I'll say Tommy DeVito to me is more impressive than Burt's. So I, I Which like Which is that. not how they were ranked coming out of high school. I know that. <laughs> I know that. But Although Tommy DeVito was a uh, elite eleven guy, so a pretty good player, but not oh, yeah. So he's so pretty good. Graham Mertz was. But I'm just saying, if you want to ask which team won the quarterback derby, there right, right. And again, Graham Mertz 
for Illinois fans, there's PTSD, right? Because the one game he had against Illinois, and I guess the start of 2020. Yes, it COVID was game power. one in October, of, and then didn't play the next week because he had COVID. So, <laughs> the, and then most of their team was missed the next game. I would th- maybe I've said this. I want to trace Scott, trace Scott Frost trouble that game that week because Wisconsin was supposed to play Nebraska the next week mm-hmm. in Lincoln and. They COVID it out. They they were missing twenty guys, couldn't play, and Nebraska would, couldn't play that game, and it was never the same. So hmm, hmm. But I don't that. get I don't get why that would have thrown them off that much. Because they were playing, counting on a win against Wisconsin, which they would have gotten had the game been played. Because Wisconsin was missing twenty guys, mm-hmm. and still that they, really messed with their heads then. and didn't help them. So <laughs> they were, yeah, and they were like. Trying to schedule other teams. They or did something. schedule another team, and then the Big Ten within, said no. Right, correct. Yeah. They were ready to go, and the Big Ten said, "No, let's not do this." So, <laughs> uh, let me ask you this then: Would this win? Would a win this weekend be more significant than the Penn State victory? Uh, probably similar to me. Um, the Penn State victory. As was pointed out to me, it was kind of a freaky, odd, strange game that really had no basis in football. <laughs> it's basically a free thought contest to win the game. Yeah. So Illinois won that. So good, good for them. It was a win, certainly. And Illinois played great to that point to get that get that game to overtime. Was Illinois playing really well? But I think that when that when it was on the road, this would be on the road. Uh, that pants to team was not very they were up and down certainly right not not a great team i think this wisconsin team we don't know i think maybe ask me at the end of the year because yep. wisconsin ends up being nine and three or i'm sorry eight and three nine nine whatever they can be i think then i'd say yes but based on right now i'm not sure i just feel that what it all i mean it, it was it was a huge moment uh, but then they turned around and lost to Rutgers, right? And 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 that would have been a huge game. Minnesota, but th- because of where this is positioned, and because Illinois hasn't won in Wisconsin in twenty years, right? In a way, this could spark something more, right? And Illinois, because last year that showed you what they could be and what they can do, right? But not consist- consistently enough. They haven't been four and four and one since the fifteen. Mm. Since uh, Bill Cubitt's one year, yeah, they were four and one. That started the year, and then kind of obviously didn't get to the ball. They finished five and seven, pretty good team. But I think this sets them up for better things ahead. Bob. So that's kind of what I've written today. Can keep writing until I'm told otherwise. A loss here, not end of the world ish no. for Illinois, but it's not good either. Because it kind of throws them back into the can you give it, get over the hump type thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If they win this game, come back and beat Iowa next week. Then, as Ron Zook used to say all the time, I've quoted him a bunch, then you're cooking with the gas. And that's where they are. They get 5-1. and one, Then they're then they're going my bracket probably. Because 6-1, they definitely are. So, mm-hmm. we'll see. How full is Memorial Stadium next Saturday? Win or lose. More falls than it's been, which is hard not to be. But yes, if they win Saturday, the crowd will, the crowd will increase. I, I would guess probably in the mid-upper 40 range potentially. And again, 
The weather right now, if you check the weather, I always do this. It looks decent for that day. So you could have a night. But walk-offs, not a big deal anymore. People don't buy tickets from the school anymore. They go to a suburb. So I think potentially 45, 48, that'd be good. More people in there is really important. As you're Brett Bielema trying to sell this program, trying to get recruits to come here, that place has to be full. So I think if they – now, if they win the next, next two, beat Iowa – I mean, beat Wisconsin, beat Iowa, then they come back and play Minnesota, that game is, if not full, close to full. Mm-hmm. Homecoming, but That's, how, that's how all my friends do that. Bob Osmussen, The World According to Bob here on Sports Talk. Bob, you wrote this week, and I'm guessing you chatted with Barry Alvarez for I did. for uh, uh, an article in the News Gazette. And right. In it, he was quoted as saying that Josh Whitman called him about somebody else. Right. And he said, if that person doesn't work out, give Brett a shot. Right. Who do you think that other person was? I'm sure it's the Kansas coach. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure of it. Well, so what do you that. think went wrong there? Or, I don't, or no, was Brett I, Bielema I, No, sold? I think... What I understand, and I don't think I've ever said this on the air or put it in front, what I think happened was Buffalo, which coached by Lance Leipold, mm-hmm. got beat badly in the MAC title game. Right. I think they lost to. Oh, like, who was maybe we, Northern, we all watched that game. Yeah, we all watched it. They got, they got <laughs> was it Miami? No, I can't remember. But they got a club, maybe Northern. They, they got beat up. Yeah, and uh, we can check. It's a 2021 title game. I think if they win that game, I think he's probably the coach here. But they played badly. I don't think Josh Whitman felt he can tire that guy. So plan B was plan Billima, and that's what he did. And there you go. <laughs> plan do, B I, do I think so far? Do I think what's that? I said plan B has worked so well, far. And plan A would have worked too. Yeah. yeah. So I think I think but I really do think the the two landed the, those two coaches landed in the best spots for each other. Well, I'm not sure. Well, I'm not sure. I think if you gave gave Lance Leipold that choice between coming here or going to Kansas, no question he comes here. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's even close. But when Illinois decided to go in the other direction, all of a sudden Lance Leipold, who most people assumed he's leaving, he decides, hey, Kansas comes. It's a Power Five school. They they got a chance. They got they got nice stuff. They got great basketball. I'll go there, and it worked out great. And I'm not at all surprised that was that is working out based on what I heard about him. And I was fairly excited about the idea of working with him because the people I talked to that know him well said he was a great person. Not especially great with the media, but I don't think that really mattered in Illinois' case. Most important thing for Illinois is bring somebody in here that can win. So I think you're right. I think they had two good choices. They they got one. It's working out well. I think Kansas got one. It's working out well. But I think if you switched them, and frankly, I, I'm not sure that it makes as much sense for Brett Bielema at Kansas. Mm-hmm. That does not make as much sense. But here, home states in the Big Ten makes a ton of sense. The world according to Bob. Uh, I, I think I already know your opinion of this, but is Aaron Judge on the brink of becoming the home run, the single season home run champ? Well, yeah, I guess. Uh, who who has that record right now? Is the seventy three fake home runs by Barry Bonds number one? No, that's, <laughs> that shouldn't count. That didn't happen. It happened, but he cheated. So I don't want him to be first. 
Uh, it's uh, Mark McGuire. No, Sammy, Sammy Sosa. No. Uh, I, I I'm hoping and praying that something doesn't come up about Aaron Judge. But I thought it was really cool last night with Roger Maris Jr. there and and Aaron Judge's mom mm-hmm. right together hugging. It was that was awesome. And I'm not a huge fan of the Yankees or Aaron Judge, but I admire what he's been able to do. He's having a great year, great great career, obviously. So he's to be congratulated. Nobody said this guy's on stuff. So that, that right away makes me feel better. Northwestern's getting a new stadium. I don't know if you saw the renderings. An $800 million privately funded. Pending approval from the city of Chicago. (laughs) Why? You said Northwestern the Bears. Northwestern. Northwestern. Or not the city of Chicago. Uh, Evanston. Evanston. Yeah, you know, whoever is is the bureaucrats that you got to deal with up there. Yeah, but it's it's on their land. They're They're going to say yes. They're going to tear down Ryan Field and build a new one. Well, that's what you So that's... I've tried to like Ryan Field, and I can't. It's not possible to like Ryan Field. It's, again, <laughs> it's fancy I, I've told this story stadium. before, but I remember going up there at the first time being thinking that thing's going to be on the lake. I was just assumed it, I had a picture in my head. It's on the lake. It's going to be really cool. No, it's in the neighborhood. Nothing wrong with that, but just it's so nondescript. Mm-hmm. So if they built something cool, now they could have put it in the same place? Yeah. They, okay, that's that's a mistake. But maybe they can't put it in the lake. I think on the lake would be better. Well, that's where their practice facility is, you well, know, on the put lake. Put the stadium there. <laughs> that's where it should well, be. They just built that thing for $120 I know. million. Move, so. move it over a couple <laughs> feet. Put the stadium there. Put it in a field at where Ryan Field is, again, makes no makes, makes no difference. But how many seats are we going to have? 35,000. Well, that's a good idea. It makes perfect sense. It looks very much like a European soccer stadium because That's, there's a roof overhang, but they want to make a that. smaller capacity roof, and also uh, have venue concerts and whatnot there. Yeah, makes perfect sense. Yeah, it'll have a permanent roof. Yeah, or, or, uh, but not open, a retractable. It's open in the middle. Not a retractable or retractable. not retractable. It's, it's just, just kind of like a canopy, like a donut, you know, or okay. an oval with a hole well, in the middle. The, now their advantage, I would tell you, late in the year can be weather. Mm-hmm. So you're playing inside. That's not that goes away, and it is Chicago. They like to play outside. Yep. I don't think the Bears are ever going to move inside totally. Do you? Oh, oh yeah. I do. They they will. Oh, yeah. do th- do they, they want to? they want to host Final Fours. Well, I, I get that, but I monster I truck rallies or whatever else you want to put in Super Bowls. Northwestern mm-hmm. going to thirty five thousand seat stadium makes a ton of sense. because yep. their current place, you're right, it's not it's hateable. It's the worst stadium in the Big Ten, probably by far. So, time to go. Time to yep. That's yep, I'm all over that. Northwestern then Rutgers. Yeah, Rutgers. Maryland's I, is not very good. I've Old. been to all of them, and I have not been to Rutgers since they fixed it up. I've heard it's better. So, best stadium I've been told, just as a pure venue, is Minnesota's. Uh, no, that's incorrect. Well, in terms of atmosphere, no, I'm talking about just the the structure, the, the what uh, they did, no. how well they did it. Hard to hard to hard to beat Ohio Stadium. Because yeah. it's it's like a yeah Roman the mix Coliseum. of everything yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> it's pretty impressive it's it's the one that Big Ten you go to and you go wow that's yeah. cool I can't believe I'm going to see that and being on the field there in the fourth quarter of a game is about the coolest experience I've had as a writer yep how long till Memorial Stadium gets its next facelift 
Oh, it has to happen within the next ten years. Okay, and maybe sooner, but ten years. Uh, south side has to be redone. Uh, east side has to be touched up, tinkered some. Mm-hmm. But south side has to be redone because I don't think that structurally is. I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it's safe. But I think structurally they got to do some work there. I think I would not make the place smaller. I think sixty is about right, and have For the here. ability like Minnesota. It seats 50, but you can easily go to 80. So they set it up like that. I'm not sure they'll ever need that, but they've got to set it up like, so they can do it easily. Mm-hmm. All right, sir. Safe travels to Madison. We'll see you up there. What are you going to, uh, obviously, you're going to write about the game and, and whatnot this weekend. Anything else you got cooking? Well, I'm writing about Tommy DeVito for Saturday. Talked to his dad this morning, who's great. A lot of great information from his dad. So that was a lot of fun. Talked to Brett Bielen about, about him, too. So, Right, and kind of where Tommy DeVito, uh, third of the way into the season, how's it going? We so. heard from Brett Bielma on, on your question, and one of the things he told Tommy DeVito's parents is we're going to protect him. Right, they are, mostly. So, yeah, that's what they have to do. Because we during his career at Syracuse, he was not he was hit he was hit a lot. He's protective, protecting his getting sacked all the time. But this, I think he's sacked more than anybody in, in the country, I believe. Is that right? I think I've seen that stat. So, yes, they need to get in, save him, particularly the guy. So, yeah, he did, did the smart thing. Good to see you, sir. Take care. Thanks. Thanks, Bob. Bob Ospison. Follow him uh, online and uh, read him in the News Gazette. It is Sports Talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Now at NewsGazette.com, Inside Illini Basketball, a weekly podcast with beat writer Scott Ritchie, who has turned in his all-Big Ten preseason team, and that includes Terrence Shannon Jr. Back on Sports Talk, we were talking about the... October 8th, uh, potential for attendance, especially if Illinois wins this Saturday. Texter asked, why can a school like Purdue sell out several upcoming games and Illinois can't fill 20% of their seats? Well, I don't think it's 20%. Uh, I think they're doing better than that. But uh, tradition and history? <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's a good it's comp. Not- I, I think you ask why Rutgers could sell out against Iowa and Illinois can't sell out against Iowa. And that is a very good question. Yeah. I mean, it's a question they're, they're all asking. And it, I, it, it just you, it comes back to just start winning games and, and, and get the students in and build a tradition. Yeah, there's I, a gap. I, I think it starts with the students. They're, they're just, I mean, when when I was in school there, and I, I'm thinking even before that, right? I mean, they when when they ran Zook out of town back in 2011, everybody was just kind of like, you know, this is the same old Illini, and we've got to make a change. And then Illinois has just kind of been what Illinois is for the majority of its history. So students don't really have an interest in it. You see that when they can't even fill up the the 2,000 seats or whatever it is at at the north end of the end zone. And that's who's filling up Clemson and Alabama and and all those places. There are. There are a lot of donors and alum and local folk that are there, but it's mostly 20, 30, 40,000 students filling up the, the stadium and they tried to give they tried to give the students all oh, sixty thousand or whatever undergrad there are over at the U of I and they could only give away ten. So there's about thirty undergrad. Yeah, and that's including the the faculty in there. 
that they were given tickets away to. And yeah. They could only give oh, away yeah, ten. Yeah. So you can't even you can't even ask people to come to the games for free. So there, you, there there's just a lot of goodwill that's got to get built back up. Yeah, I, I, the football team is doing everything it can. They're doing their part uh, so far. So it, it's just it's it, it just a new culture and uh, tradition has to be started, and it will be uh, more attractive as they win games. Uh, this is it. Now, some of those schools you mentioned are asking, why can't we fill up our basketball arenas? But there's not as many dollars at stake. Mm-hmm. There are some dollars at stake, mm-hmm. but it's not football dollars. No, and it's less seats. And I don't think uh, Little John Arena or whatever it is in Clemson is is at 100% capacity every time the Clemson Tigers take the floor. No, but their football tickets more than make up for it. That's true. <laughs> However, because uh, I, I, we could look at the numbers, but I'm still guessing that the football gate is pretty close, if not more, than the basketball gate still, even at you know, 50, 60, 70%. Dollars? You yeah. Mean? Oh, yeah, because a football ticket's way more money. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, and there's... So that's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> all you got to do is sell sell football <laughs> because that's where the TV money's coming and that's where you get the gate money. You know, basketball is irrelevant when it comes to, to that sort of thing, really. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it helps, but it's, I mean, it's a, ask, it's a nice slice of the pie, but it is not the driver. It's not ask, the engine. Ask John Calipari yeah. <laughs> with his non-new practice arena if there's such thing as a basketball school. <laughs> there is no such thing as a basketball school. If no. you don't win at football, you don't win at anything. No, but, I mean, some teams have been able to do it, so schools of Duke, Kansas, mm-hmm. uh, for a large part, Kentucky, but Kentucky actually has a really good, and they've been good, but they have a really good football following. They always have. Mm-hmm. It's just so muted compared to what their basketball performance is. The expectations are a little higher for the basketball program, yeah. so that people yell a little louder. Yep. We get uh, the we get the same kind of reactions for Illinois basketball that Wisconsin gets for their football team. There's a video going around. Well, a a, a, a sports duo, radio duo, one of them a former Wisconsin basketball player, very upset that the line is seven points. <laughs> Called it embarrassing that the line is seven points. I my threshold for embarrassment is different than his, <laughs> not just in sports but probably in life. Um, but. It goes to show why some of the angst and antsiness from Wisconsin right now where they're at, because they want to be where they have been, which was when they won Big Ten titles with Brett Bielma, and then they're winning West Division titles all the time. Mm -hmm. They won 16, 17, 19, and they haven't been there since. And once you get there, if you don't stay there, people don't like it. Look at Illinois basketball. Yeah. How upset Illinois basketball fans when we when when they weren't there anymore. And it took a while to get back. Mm-hmm. It took almost a decade. Yep. You wait. You wait until I. If basketball has a couple of five hundred years or whatever or bubble team kind of stuff, people will turn on it. Mm-hmm. It's just their nature. Somebody will say, "Well, you got to change." Like this guy went on this range. You got to get new people in. A number one seed, Big Ten titles, but things come and go. I mean, Bruce Weber uh, could have been voted governor of Illinois in 2005. <laughs> a few years later, everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people wanted to see him go because he wasn't winning as much, and he wasn't winning the recruiting battles anymore mm-hmm. that everyone wanted to. It comes and goes. That's the life of a coach. Oh, yeah. 
But that's part of why you get paid a lot, because it's hazard pay. <laughs> well, and the money's there. It's got to go to somebody if it can't go to the kids. <laughs> but it, it, I know you say there's there's more money. Why isn't why can't we find the money? But it, it's because the, the whole system is set up. Schools don't make profits. They just don't. They just they're they're constantly in debt. They're constantly when they get more money, it goes out yeah. the door. They're not. It's just the whole. It's not Illinois. It's not this school or that school. It's everybody. That's it's, just how the system is. They're not money making ventures. They're they're made to make more money to put right back into the program. I don't. There's yeah. got to be a word for it. Yeah. But that's that's the whole point. Of Which it. is why it 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 gives everybody. How do we do this if we're going to pay players? Uh, if they're going to get a share of the revenue, it's there's the discussion about do they have a right to it? Should they? And I think you could make a really strong argument. The answer is yes, but then goes and then what? Because it's not like we've just been stockpiling cash. <laughs> yeah, that could be going out well, to but players. But if we saw anything from 2020, it's that money still comes in no matter what. They're they're never going to be hurting for dollars. They're yeah. they're never going to be yeah. yeah. And and I I think my biggest thing is you know you watch TV all the time and, and you'll see commercials for you know that private institution. Even Illinois State does some advertising. You never see the University of Illinois advertise. You know why? Because they got three and a half hours scheduled on Saturday for advertisement, and then the next Saturday, yeah. and then two Saturdays after that. Yeah, same with Indiana State. You know, yeah. you see them with billboards in Chicago. Yeah, trying to get you to consider. But but IU doesn't have to advertise the same way. No. Nope. Okay, we're back. A couple more items, and we'll finish out sports talk. You're listening to Sports Talk on DWS. Do you know how I have, uh, uh, sometimes official scores in baseball make a switch mm-hmm. from a hit and error, and it affects the pitcher's ERA one way or the other, or it affects a hit streak or something for the batter, that kind of stuff, and it can kind of, uh, and it could also affect fantasy stats. Mm-hmm. Well, the butt punt from this past weekend okay. has, has uh, affected fantasy stats because... As you recall, the, the Dolphins punter, uh, Thomas Morstead, punted a ball into the rear end of a teammate mm-hmm. in the end zone, and it went out of the end zone and uh, for a safety. The Bills scored a safety. But it was scored as a blocked punt. The oh. play has now been changed as a, as a punt, just a punt, for a loss of one yard. And may seem insignificant to most of the world, but if you play fantasy football this has had some ramifications and i suppose if you are obsessive enough to play fantasy football with a lot of uh, a lot more at stake than just the entertainment <laughs> value then the butt bunt has maybe cost you some money <laughs> yeah you you never count a win until tuesday morning that's when the stat corrections come in <laughs> I, I can't remember it's been a few years but i was in a league and the the final match the the final matchup of the season was within one point and there was a stat correction and it changed the champion as uh scott van pelt would say that's that's a bad beat that is a, a very bad beat but if you don't want to watch any bad beats, although I think this Thursday night game will be pretty entertaining between the, the Dolphins and the Bengals, check out the movie 61 if you never have. 
Is that with Billy Crystal? I think he's the one. He's a big producer. Okay, yeah. Barry Pepper plays uh, Roger Maris. Uh, strapping guy plays Mickey Mantle. Of course, I don't know. It's really good. I've always. I, it's one of the baseball movies I haven't seen that mm-hmm. I need to. Mm-hmm. So we'll see if I can track it down. All right, sir. We'll see you tomorrow. Yes, sir. We'll do Brian Barnhart's Illini Notebook tomorrow. We'll talk with Matt Daniels. Thanks for everybody involved today. Nick Quartaro in the first hour. Bob Osmussen in the second. Lauren Tate in the first hour. Evan Kahn here. I'm Scott Beatty. Back with you tomorrow at 4 o'clock. News Talk 1400, 93.9 FM. WDWS, Champaign-Urbana.